Welcome to the LSAT Habits Podcast, where in each episode we present key habits you can master to raise your score consistently. I'm your host and instructor, Jimmy D of JDLSAT.com. That is JDLSAT.com. It's pretty convenient when your initials match Juris Doctorate. Uh, so, hence the name JDLSAT.com. Um, so, today's key habit is foolproofing. And some of you who are familiar with this technique know that I'm talking specifically about a technique we use to master logic games, specific logic games, um, where <clears throat> you want to essentially foolproof it so you can just do it super really well after this process. So first, let me give credit where credit's due. Uh, this technique is largely from um, uh, sevensage.com. Uh, if you're familiar with my work, you're probably familiar with uh, Seven Sage. I'm obviously a big fan, and I was a student of that school. Seven, the numeral seven. S is in Sam. A is in Apple. G is in George. E is in Edward. Dot com, um, and its founder J.Y. Ping. <clears throat> um, so, this is an amazing tool to mastering games, and it's especially helpful, obviously, if you've got a specific game you're really struggling on. At the same time, um, in recent years, I think there, there have been a lot of different slants on it and people have put out different ways of doing it. And I think some of the core of it has been um, lost in, I guess, translation, so to speak, if I'm using that phrase right. But the bottom line is I think a lot of the, the fundamentals have been lost when people have been, understandably, you know, trying to put their own slant on it. <clears throat> Um, but I found that a lot of students are not doing it properly or at least not getting the core of it. So they're not getting the benefits of it. So for the longest time, I've, I've wanted to do a podcast on how to foolproof properly. Um, at least in my humble opinion, uh, that will kind of keep you with the, the basic essentials. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, nothing out there is perfect. There are always little tweaks we can do, but there are some fundamentals that you want to, make sure to capture in this method so you get the most out of it. So that's what we're going to go through today. And <clears throat> this, I believe, is really a key habit to really improving on games. Um, I can tell you that it was essential to me getting my games up to par. I, I, I'll tell you, it wasn't everything, but it was definitely a, a, an essential ingredient in me getting zero wrong on test day when I got my target score. I always thought, okay, I'd heard about people that get zero wrong <clears throat> on games, and I thought, okay, I didn't think I'd be one of them. I thought, I want to I want to break a 170, but will I get zero wrong? I mean, that'd be nice, but I just didn't see it based on my previous history. Um, now, that happened for me on test day, and I'm sure there were a number of factors. Uh, certainly, hard work was part of it, um, although I haven't met an LSAT student who doesn't work hard. We're, we're a hard-working, uh, driven bunch, but... Again, this idea of um, foolproofing, I would say, was one of the critical pieces that got me there. So without further ado, let's get in here. And again, I'm going to focus on the basics of it to make sure you got these core elements that, so that way you can get the most out of it. <clears throat> so let's start with the basic definition. Foolproofing is um, a method of mastering a game. Um, now, it is an intense and time-consuming process, so I should also start by saying that although it's an amazing tool, 
given the intense process, you only want to use it for games that you need major improvement on. Not games where you're off by a little bit. So if you're off by a minute or two in time, you don't necessarily want to foolproof it. Um, if you get one or two questions wrong, maybe you don't want to foolproof it. The Foolproofing is kind of like the, the big guns, so to speak. So do this when you really um, get your butt kicked, as I like to say. Um, so how do I define getting your butt kicked? Well, there's three criteria. <clears throat> so you do a game and you get, say, three or more questions wrong. Well, why three or more? Well, if you get one or two, I mean, that can be, you know, one question wrong. It's just a one, you know, it's just one question. Two, I mean, okay, you know, there usually are only like five to seven questions in a game, so that is a good amount, but still, it's just two. Three, now you're getting into territory where you really didn't do well on that game. So, three or more questions wrong. One or two is not necessarily worth the process. And or, you finish the game significantly later than you should. Uh, now, if you're off by a minute or 30 seconds, <clears throat> I don't necessarily think that merits foolproofing. But if you're off by like two and a half, three minutes, that can be pretty significant. So, what's the time that you should get on a game? It varies per game. Now, um, I do recommend that you use the Seven Sage videos for this. Um it used to be pretty, uh, well, you know, like a lot of courses, it could cost some things, but cost some money. But um, now he's uh, JY of Seven Sage, a really nice subscription model. <clears throat> um, he used to give up the game explanations for free. Then I believe uh, LSAC, you know, created new policies that prevented him from doing that. So now he, he's just, it's available, but you have to subscribe. But this is the subscription's actually pretty, pretty reasonable. Um, uh, if you're listening during the time of this this uh, podcast recording, I believe it's it's uh, seventy bucks a month, which yeah, it's, it's a good amount of money. I'm, I'm a frugal person, but um, yeah, at the same time, you don't want to be penny wise and pound foolish, and and it's not a bad thing to have these things, especially depending on your time frame of study. Um, you can kind of choose how much of it you want or not. But bottom line, you watch the videos from SevenSage.com, and I particularly recommend JY's videos. I there are lots of ways out there that are good, but I think his explanations are superior. And you watch how he does it, but at the end, <clears throat> he'll tell you, okay, this is a game you could do in X amount of time. Maybe if it's an easier game, it's closer to five minutes. If it's a harder game, it's closer to ten minutes. Um, if it's somewhere in the middle, it's somewhere in between. He'll usually say about how long the game should take you when he gives an explanation in a video. Use that as your standard. Um... Now, if he does, in the rare case where he doesn't, you can guesstimate based on whether if it's a medium game, I'd say, I don't know, seven to eight minutes, easier game, five minutes, harder game, ten or more minutes. <clears throat> um, so, but back to the main point, um, the second criteria is if you finished it significantly later. So if it's an easy game and you finished it, instead of in five minutes, you finished it in, say, seven and a half, then you should probably foolproof it. If it's a really hard game, and maybe it takes 10 minutes, um, but you got it done in like closer to 13, you should probably foolproof it. Um, and then, of course, the third criteria is if you're just lost. For whatever you just... I had no idea what to do with this game, so obviously I probably didn't finish it or whatever. I'm just lost. That's your third criteria. So again, just a quick review of the three criteria. I know I went off on a little tangent on that second one, but... One, you get three or more questions wrong. 
two, you finish the game significantly later than you should, like two and a half minutes later than the ideal time to get it done. Three, you are just lost on the game. If any of those three criteria are met, then you want to foolproof it. If not, um, if they don't apply, then you don't need to foolproof because, again, it is a very intensive process. I would say just review, or if you're in the BR process, uh, if you've listened to our previous podcast on BR, a.k.a. Blind Review, um, you know that that's something you could apply here where you basically just redo those questions or something, um, but you don't have to do this intense uh, uh, foolproofing intensive, which we're going to get into. Um or you could just look to the explanation. But my bottom line is, if you don't meet any of these three criteria, then you don't have to get into this intensive uh, foolproofing. Um, you can just do a less involved review. Now, <clears throat> let's say you meet one of these three criteria. Then you want to foolproof. Okay, let's talk about what is involved in foolproofing. Um, okay, so number one, watch JY Ping's explanation of the specific game on Seven Sage. So, I know I'm giving a lot of credit to JY, but I think he deserves it. Um, as I mentioned before, there are lots of strategies to do games. I think there are lots of great courses out there, but I think that Seven Sage is superior. Um, and he takes uh, some really complex ideas and makes them almost intuitive. And his, his methods of doing it are actually pretty user-friendly. So you want to watch and see what he does. You want to use his techniques. I would argue they're probably the most efficient and effective. So you did the game. You got your butt kicked, which is defined as those three things. You know, got three or wrong, and or you finished it in two and a half minutes or more than you should have, or you were just lost. So you got your butt kicked, as I like to say. So then... You're going to foolproof it. So the first step after you get your butt kicked is you're going to watch JY's explanation of the game on Seven Sage. Now, a couple of key points here. I want you to watch it purposefully, actively, not passively when you watch JY's explanation. What do I mean by that? Well, uh, you, you know, you got you know, this when he's when he's explaining this long game, you know, <clears throat> it can be. You're taking a game that, yeah, maybe he did in seven minutes, he could do in seven minutes or ten minutes, but him explaining it is going to, you know, these videos can be like 30 minutes. Um, and and even though it was a complex game, you know, there's a lot going on there, a lot of working parts, and, and it can be very easy to disengage. So let's be realistic about it. <clears throat> I'd rather you watch the parts of it that are going to serve you best where you need the help the most than the parts that aren't going to serve you as well and then... You know, you might get bored and your 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 um, attention might wane. So, what do I mean by this? Um, take advantage of the fast forward and rewind features uh, on any video. So, um, if you're seeing JY do something, it's like, okay, cool, he, this is great, he's doing this, I already did this, good. Maybe fast forward. And this is just a piece of advice that I give, uh, just so you use your time effectively. If you're doing the exact same things he's doing. Fast forward. Um, now, if you fast forward too far and you see something he's doing that you didn't do, well, that's where you need to stop and rewind back. Because what you want to do is just focus on those areas he's doing things differently than you did. Um, and in particular, the areas <clears throat> where um, you were having challenges. So if he's doing something different 
you probably want to stop and really watch the video there and see what he's doing. Because you want to do it that way when you redo this game. And you especially want to pay attention if it was something you found challenging. Now, I generally recommend, and it's just as a best practice, that you probably do it the way he's doing it because he's mastered these games. Um, but, it, you know, if it's a slight difference, if it's a superficial difference, and you're basically fine on that area, okay, maybe not as big a deal. But if he's doing something different than you did, and it was near you challenge, you were challenged, you know, where it was really hard for you or you didn't know what to do, you got to pay attention. That's what this is for. So again, focus on the things he did differently, particularly the areas that were challenging for you. Um, <clears throat> so for example, if there was something you diagrammed improperly or there was a weird rule and you weren't quite sure how to diagram it, how did JY do it in the video? Pay attention to that. Try to replicate that. Um, maybe he did a setup that was different from yours. Pay attention to that. Did he make extra inferences that you didn't make? Maybe you made three inferences and then you stopped, but he pushed it and made a few more. Maybe he split the game board when you didn't or split it in a way that you didn't. Maybe you tried to split the game board and he didn't. Whatever he did differently, especially if it's something that uh, you, you found more challenging, stop, pay attention to that because that's what you want to replicate. Um, so again, I really want you to pay attention. Another you know, piece, of, good piece of advice I would say is it can be helpful to... You know, there's that idea of learning by doing, especially something like this. It's not just knowing it in your head. It's making so you can actively do the work. So it can be helpful to sort of like to really force yourself to pay attention as he's doing it to maybe like pause it and, and try to sort of like do what he's doing. Even if it's just like, all right, I'm just going to do the setup the way he's doing it. Maybe not necessarily the whole game if you don't have time for that or that maybe he just did the setup differently, but certainly the parts that you really want to pay attention to. Sometimes just actually writing out while he's doing it can help you focus and help you process things. Again, I'm not saying not to watch the whole video at all. I am saying, though, really give your attention to what he does differently and to what he does better, and particularly on the areas that you found more challenging. Now, we're not done. This is uh, the beginning. The next part is super important. You're literally going to do the game over and over again until you've foolproofed it. So I know the title of this is foolproofing. Let me define the criteria for having foolproofed a game. You get every question right, and you get it done on time. So if at the end of the video, JY says, this is a game you should get done in five minutes, well, that's your time goal. If he says 10 minutes, that's your time goal. Um, now, if he says nothing at all, then, you know, use your use your judgment. If it's a medium game, like I said earlier, maybe 7 to 8 minutes. Harder game, closer to 10 minutes. Um, easier game, closer to 5. But you want to get it done on time, or that goal of time. And you want to get everyone right. So, you're not done once you've watched the video. You need to actually do it. And you're going to do it over and over again until you've mastered it. That could be three times. Well, let me back up. Uh, foolproofed it. Right? The criteria I mentioned before, getting everything done and getting it done on time. So you're going to do it over and over again in one sitting until you foolproofed it. Maybe it's three times. Maybe it's seven times. Maybe it's ten times. Maybe it's twelve times. Um, <clears throat> now, this part's really important. I would argue that this is something you don't want to mess up all in one sitting and 
over and over again until you've gotten, you've foolproofed it, every question right and done in time. So just a couple of points about this, because this is where we lose people sometimes. All in one sitting is the first point I want to make. Um, sometimes people think, oh, well, I'll go and I'll do something else or I'll work on some other game or I'll work on, I'll do it once and then I'll, I'll watch the video, I'll do it, and then I'll work on some game, then I'll come back to it or I'll work on a different part of the exam, like reading comp, then I'll come back to it or, oh, I'll do it once after I watch the video and then I'll do it the next day and then I'll do it the day after that. Um, I want to be respectful of different ideas and techniques, but um, at least in terms of JY's original intent and it being effective, I don't think that will serve you well. I want you to do it in one sitting. So, yeah, that means, like, I watch the video, I'm going to do it once, and if I don't get it done on time, and or all the questions right, I'm going to do it again. And I'm not going to stop in that one sitting until I'm done. Now, please be reasonable, obviously. If you need to get a drink of water... If you've, you know, if you all of a sudden you get hungry and you want to grab a bite to eat or a snack or uh, something happens and you got to leave for a little bit and come, but, but come back to it as soon as you can. You know, go to the bathroom if you have to, obviously, but I, I would love for you to stretch this out for a period of, an, you know, however long it takes, whether it's, you know, four times, 10 times, 12 times until you get everyone right and you get it done on time. So again, the key thing is one sitting. Okay. The other key point. <clears throat> um, it doesn't have to be 10. I think when JY in, in an early video, when he first explained this idea, I don't want to speak for him, but I think he had said something like, okay, you know, be prepared to do it 10 times. Um, what he, I think what he meant to say was, and again, I don't want to speak entirely for him, but I think it's pretty fair. It's not necessarily 10 times per se. It's that you're going to redo it until you've met the two criteria of every question done on time and um, <clears throat> of every question, right, excuse me, and done on time. So whatever the time goal is for that particular game. So that could be 10, but it doesn't have to be. And, frank, and frankly, even for a, you know, uh, someone who's not as talented as me, um, uh, it, it was often less than 10. Um, so if, you know, if, if I can do it in less than 10, then, then I'm sure it won't be 10 for, for you guys out there. I'm sure you're smarter than me. But my point is that... Um, it doesn't have to be 10 per se. I think he was kind of speaking broadly, and I think a lot of people have misinterpreted that. And then people will think, oh, 10, so they got to shoot for 10, and then they inevitably get, uh, they think, well, I can't do it 10 times. They, they, they kind of like just kind of uh, psych themselves out of it. It's not about 10 per se. It's about until you get everyone right and get it done on time. If that's 10, sure. But if, that, if you do that in three, and I've done it in three for certain games, fine. If you do that in seven, fine. If you do it in 12 or 15, well, then I guess it's 12 or 15. Um, but it's not about 10 per se. It's until you get every question right and get it done in the allotted time. So it's not about 10 per se. Just if it's three for you, cool. If it's not three, then if it takes up to seven, then seven. But again, I want to repeat, it's until you get everything done um, in the allotted time, and you get every question right. That's when you can stop, and it's often less than 10, so don't worry about that. Um, now, <clears throat> um, another point, and this I want to address, uh, this is a constant thing that, that students bring up, and, and something that was a concern for me. I think a lot of students will think, well, 
I've been trying this, or if I try this, well, after doing this all in a row, like a few times, yeah, maybe I'll get it done quicker, but won't I have it memorized at this point? And that's a fair point. I can understand that objection. Well, gee, I've got it memorized, so maybe this isn't worth doing all in a row or all in one sitting. Now, I understand the concern, but I still want you to do it. Here's why. Understandably, some of this may be memorized. So you'll understandably be like, well, after the fourth time doing it, oh, well, not only do I know that the answer to two is B because I just have done it so many times, but I even remember exactly what it looks like, you know. The answer to two is B, and B says that you know, Q is in the third group or some, something like that. You've pretty much got it memorized, sure. Don't let that discourage you because you are gaining something out of this. Even though it's become memory, so to speak, what we're really after is what's going on below the surface. So don't let, and I'll get to that in just a second, but my point is don't let what's going on above the surface, assume you have it memorized, um discourage you or, or make you discount the benefits of this because what I'm really concerned about is what's going on below the surface so here's what I mean you have taken something and made it muscle memory you have taken something that was very like clunky that you kind of got a game you got your butt kicked on and now you could almost do it in your sleep you've almost got it memorized you know as, as your concern might be and, and so <clears throat> um, that taking something that's just so weird and hard to do that you're like, you're kind of hazy on, and now it's become intuitive. Uh, now it's become almost muscle memory. See, that's what we're after. And if anything, that's a good thing. Don't stop until you've gotten everyone right and got it done on time. And I realize that might appear, uh, you know, uh, above the surface, on its surface level to be memory, right? But what I'm after is muscle memory. And here's what I mean. If you think about it, when you watch that, you first did the game, you got your butt kicked, and then you watch the video. Now, I should also amend this. When you watch that video, <clears throat> you could even refer back to it if you need to or watch it again, by all means. But I bet when you watch that video, there's a lot of working parts to it. And, and even if you fully get it, it's one thing to get it and be like, oh, I followed that video and I really followed. Cool. If, if you're able to do that, by all means, um, and that's what I want you to do. But just because you follow the video and you got it, just because you got it in your head, I guess, doesn't necessarily mean you got it in terms of muscle memory. And what I mean by that is, I mean, I could, I, when I was learning um, calculus at one point, I remember, oh, well, I liked it, or, you know, the nerd in me liked it, but it was more challenging than the other math I had done up until that point. And I remember at times um, the teacher would do a really complex uh, so problem on the board. And I'd follow it, and I'd really watch intensely. And it was, it was tough because you're learning this new thing, and you're trying to take notes. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, okay, I got it. And I swear to you, I got it in that situation. But what inevitably would happen would be, okay, the bell would ring, time to go to another class, um, put my book aside, you know, pack everything up, go to the next class. And then later on, you know, after dinner or homework, I'd start to do the homework and I'd, I could, whether it was a similar problem or frankly, even the same problem that I promise you I got when the teacher explained it, if I tried to do it again, I would almost always be lost. And not just because it's me, this could happen to anybody. The reason I was lost 
was because there were so many working parts to it. And I swear, I did get it. And I'm sure many of you have situations like this where you get something, but um, you don't, you get it up in your head and you, you have still, relatively speaking, sort of a hazy understanding of it. Even though you get it, you get it kind of in your head, but the idea that you could replicate it on command and it's become muscle memory, that's different. Now, if I had, if I knew what I know now, I would have said to, you know, 11th, 12th grade Jimmy, hey, listen, take a moment and just, it's going to sound annoying, but just re, just do that problem over and over again, almost like, like an automaton, I get it, but you're going to lock in that muscle memory. So that way when you need to go and do it again, it'll be natural. And that's why this works. So don't let the fact that it almost seems like you've got it memorized on the surface throw you off. Don't discount the power of this. Here's the difference. If you um, were to just watch the video and see what JY does, and you can watch it a few times, that's fine by me, but if you just watched it, then and maybe you did it once. Okay. And then you stopped. And then the next day you went to go do the problem again. I bet if you hadn't repeated it over and over again, the foolproofing technique, where you're almost bored with it, where you almost have it memorized, I bet if you tried to do it again 24 hours later, you'd be lost, just like me back in the day with calculus. And it's not because of any deficit on your part. It's just that it's not about just knowing it in your head. It's about knowing it habitually almost so it's for lack of a better explanation muscle memory now contrast that with if you watched it same deal same problem same deal but you, but you more than did it once you did it over and over again whether it's three times five times or more than 10 until you got everything right got it done on time what would really happen is that muscle memory would sink in and then i would guarantee i almost guarantee you you wait 24 hours do that question again, do that, excuse me, do that problem again, do that, uh, that, that game again, excuse me, um, you'd be able to do it pretty intuitively. It's because of that muscle memory that you lock in. And it's the same, what we're describing here, what I'm describing is the same process that people use in, in sports, for example. Martial arts is a great example. If anyone out there that's listening to this has taken a martial arts class, there's a reason you practice certain moves over and over again. I mean, you could practice one kick over and over and over again. It's not because we're trying to be automatons. It's not because we're trying to be um, just robots or anything like that or be boring. It's because we want to kick in the muscle memory so it's almost automatic. So if anyone's seen the Karate Kid movies, particularly the ones with Ralph Macchio, and uh, if you like that Jaden Smith one, Sure, I think the same thing happened in there. But in the very beginning, right, like Mr. Miyagi is teaching um, he's teaching him um, like how to do this stuff. And he's having him wax his car and wash his windows. And then, you know, understandably, his young pupil gets mad. And he's like, you're having me do all this stuff. And then he's like, no, no, Daniel, son. Wax on, wax off. So my poor impression of Mr. Miyagi here is to illustrate the point that, like, you know, if you've seen the movie... Just that muscle memory of him waxing in a certain way, all of a sudden, like he's he's learned this really important fundamental karate move. Same thing here. When you're doing this, it's very much like wax on, wax off, uh, for lack of a better description. You've got it in your head by watching it, right? But can you replicate it 
over and over again until you can do it in your sleep. That's what we're after. Where you do it almost naturally. We don't have to think about it. That is what we're after. And then just to use, I mean, another example, if if anyone's taking any sports, I mean, if you've wrestled in high school, like one of my current students does, um, you know, like it, it's one thing. I mean, I wrestled for a little bit, for better or worse. Uh, it's one thing to watch your coach explain something. And I remember like, you know, it, it, think about it. Any any sport, anything. If you watch your coach show you how to do something, whether it's wrestling or just anything that involves technique, it's one thing to watch it. But if you just watch it and walk away, that's not going to go well for you. At least in wrestling, what we needed to do was practice it over and over again with a partner until that muscle memory kicked in so it was automatic. Now, if you're like me, you were probably better at it. But the point is, I would have been much worse had I not practiced it over and over again so that muscle memory could kick in. That's what this is. So make no mistake, this process is super important. It's that repetition that's going to have muscle memory kick in. So you take something that is very awkward or weird. How do I do this game? It's got all these working parts. And in that process, you make it intuitive. So that's what's super important. Um, again, I would argue that foolproofing is one of the most essential tools you've got. For me, I was it wasn't everything, but it was certainly key um, to me mastering games and getting zero on test day when I got my target score. I didn't think I'd be one of those people. So take advantage of this. Um, you're welcome to go to my website, jdlsat.com. There are lots of resources there, but particularly go to the blog posts. Um, the same day I'm launching this podcast, I'm going to do a blog post that outlines this. So even if you just do a search on my website for foolproofing games, um, you'll find it and it kind of lays this out. But again, um, super important technique. I would argue it's one of the most essential habits you can cultivate. Take advantage of it. Don't do it on every game. Only do it on games where you get your butt kicked. So I'm just going to do a quick summary here just to make sure you have everything. One, you're not doing this on every game. Just the games where you get your butt kicked. How do I define that? Three criteria. Either you get three or more questions wrong or and or, excuse me, you finish the game significantly later than you should, like two and a half minutes later when it should have been five minutes. You got it done in seven and a half minutes. Um, or you're just lost. So... Any of those things, that's when you foolproof it. If you get one wrong or you're off by 30 seconds, no need to foolproof it. You can just review it traditionally or watch an explanation. This is just the big guns. Foolproofing is the big guns. You use it when you've really got your butt kicked. Okay, so now how do we do it? Um, watch JY's explanation and feel free to rewind. But really focus. Focus. Don't just watch it passively. Focus. I'd rather you watch it on the areas that um, you're really having the most trouble, then just watch the whole thing passively and not remember anything. Watch it for the areas where he does things differently, particularly the areas that were challenging for you. Feel free to refer back to it if you're in the middle of your games later when you're trying to redo it. But you watch it. You can watch it more than once. But watch it at least once actively, purposefully for the things that JY is doing differently, particularly where you were having challenges. And then... Then comes doing the game over and over again. And all in one sitting, again, if you have to go to the bathroom, grab a bite, that's okay. Take a little break. But all in one sitting, over and over again, whether it's seven times, ten times, three times, it can be as few as one time, provided you get every question right and get it done on time. 
If not, you do it until you've gotten every question right and you get it done on time. And that could be 12 times, could be 15 times. Um, usually it's significantly less than that. Um, but you're doing it over and over again until you meet those two criteria. You're doing it all in one sitting. And again, don't let the, oh, I, I, at this point I pretty much have it memorized. Don't let, don't discount this process because of that. That's what's going on above the surface. Below the surface, muscle memory is what's happening. And this is becoming something that's automatic. You're taking something that has a lot of working parts and frankly can be a little scary that maybe at best you have a hazy understanding after watching the video and now you've got a crisp understanding of it. It's muscle memory. It's almost automatic. That's what we're after. So again, foolproofing. This is how to do it to get the most out of it. Um, it's an amazing process. Make sure you're doing it properly to get the most out of it. If you have any questions, obviously check out my website, jdlsat.com. You can also contact me through there. Um, and of course, check out the blog post if you go into the blogs on foolproofing where I lay all this out. But again, a really great tool. Take advantage of it. It was great for me. It works very well for my students. And it can make a big difference as you improve um, your score on games. Again, I'm Jimmy D of jdlsat.com that's jdlsat.com and this is the lsat habits podcast thank you for listening and stay tuned for more episodes